All right. Well, good morning, everybody. How are we doing this morning on the day after Christmas? Praise the Lord. Well, obviously, <laughs> a lot of people are out of town and got family stuff going on, but we're going to worship the name of Jesus today and have an awesome, awesome time together. We appreciate you being here, and we're going to go cozy and low-key today. We let even most of the worship team have the morning off, so everyone, uh, we're just going to worship the Lord together and spend this great morning in his house, and then let you get back to the rest of your family stuff for the rest of the weekend, but we trust you had a merry, wonderful Christmas yesterday, and the candlelight service was fantastic on Friday night, amen. We had a great time with that, and uh, we just love celebrating Jesus. Amen. Let's stand up together this morning. We are going to speak some words of faith over the United States of America, and this is our last Sunday morning service of 2021. The year is almost over, and uh, we've been doing this every service this year, so we know that our words and our faith are making a difference. Amen. Let's say this together. Father... We come to you in Jesus' name, and in unity, we confess that Jesus Christ is Lord over the United States of America. We declare that righteousness, mercy, justice, and judgment from you shall prevail. We declare that America will complete her God-given mission to bring the gospel of Jesus Christ to the world. We push back the darkness of Satan from this nation and call for the light of Jesus Christ to invade the media and every home, church, and school and every town, city, and state of this great nation, the United States of America. In Jesus' name, amen. Give the Lord some praise this morning. All right, well, we're going to take a few minutes here and do a little meet and greet time. So go shake some hands, and if you're cool with it, give some hugs and let somebody know you love them. Amen. Joy to the world, the Lord is come. Let earth receive her King. Let every heart prepare him room, and heaven and nature sing, and heaven and nature sing, and heaven and heaven and nature sing. Joy to the world, the Savior reigns. Let men's their songs employ. While fields and floods, rocks, hills, and plains, repeat the sounding joy, repeat the sounding joy, repeat, repeat the sounding joy. He rules the world with truth and grace, and makes the nations prove. The glories of His righteousness and wonders of His love, and wonders of His love, and wonders and wonders of His love. Joy to the world, the Lord is come, and let earth receive a King. Let every heart prepare 
prepare him room and heaven and nature sing and heaven and nature sing and heaven and heaven and nature sing and heaven and nature sing and heaven and nature sing and heaven and heaven and nature well praise the lord hey i gotta tell you thanks for getting dressed nice this morning for the house of the lord i know how many of us wanted to stay in sweats so praise the lord that you are honoring jesus that's so good um if you did not get you can sit down i love you sorry i presume let me give you a tip just because it's chilled out in here this morning. If you see the front row sit down, you can sit down. If you see the front row stand up, you should stand up. That's how that works. Anyway, that's for future reference. If you did not get... Oh, oh! I didn't even see you stand up. (laughs) Oh, geez. Online people, what just happened is when I said that, Pastor Dave stood up and no one else did other than Adriana Church who apparently got the memo. Okay. So, if you did not get your 22 calendar yet, they're available at the info booth. So, Virginia, who we're so glad is back, did not get her 22 calendar. Hallelujah. Those of you receiving healing, we're standing in faith with you, and you're healthy and whole in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, Those of us who are here, the bookstore is doing 30% off now. So if you didn't buy yourself something for Christmas, now's your chance. Uh, 30% off uh, this service and then also on Wednesday as well. Um, Wednesday night is going to be our final service of 21. And so that's really important as a family. We get together and we're able to talk about what the year brought and what next year is bringing. Um, So let's get together that Wednesday night. And youth, my youth students, the only two who are in here right now. I love, oh, three, four. Okay, good, good, good to see you. I love you. So Wednesday, we're going to be in here because it's important to my heart that we make sure that you as a family get to hear Pastor and Pastor Dave's heart on the year coming too because it will prepare you for life this year. So we're going to combo, not because I don't have anything fun for you to do, but because the Lord has something important for you. So Wednesday night, youth will be in here. Victory will be closed children's for jam and jam junior will be open and the nursery will be open as well so be here wednesday praise the lord pastor's gonna do happy time I'd like to have her for a daughter-in-law. That's Dynamite Katie. All right, hold up your hands in an envelope for your tithes or your offerings. And uh, we're going to look at Hebrews chapter 7 and Hebrews chapter 10. And, you know, we, we got that saying about Christmas that Jesus is the reason for the season. But Jesus is the reason for everything. Amen. Life all year long. I was talking, I was talking to Chuck a while ago. About life and eternity, and the longer I live, the more conscious I am of how real eternity is. 
and, and, and how, how real our life is as witnesses for Jesus. You know, life's not about money, not about things. It's not about anything except where you're going to go when you die. And then while we're living here, we're supposed to enjoy life, and whatever it is you do, you do, but always do it with the idea of, is this person next to me, where are they going to go when they die? What are they going to do if their family takes a big hit now? Where are they going to go to for help? And so it's all about Jesus anyway. That's, that, that's just some free preaching for what we're looking at. But I want you to look at Hebrews chapter 7. And the book of Hebrews, if you're a Christian to study the Bible for a while, you'll understand the book of Hebrews. I always say the book of Hebrews tells you the present-day ministry of Jesus Christ. You know, I know the Christmas story all talks about the birth of Jesus. Easter talks about the resurrection. But Jesus Christ is saved yesterday, today, and forever. He's doing the same thing right now at the right hand of, Father, of the Father that he's always done. He's backing you and me. He's interceding. He's, he's backing up the word of God. But we lay hands on the sick. Jesus sends down the anointing from heaven through us and heals people. But Hebrews chapter 7, verse 8, is so real. And, you know, if you're not a religious person, but if you're born again Christian person, that lives by the Bible, not by religious sayings, then you'll understand what's going on here. Hebrews 7, verse 8 says, And here men that die receive tithes. That's not about pastors and churches. We receive the tithe for Jesus. Jesus doesn't need money in heaven. We need money on earth. But we need the blessing of Jesus on our money as churches. And as Christians, you need the blessing of Jesus on your money. And so it says, Here men that die receive tithes, but there he receiveth them, of whom it is witness that he liveth. Jesus is alive. He died. He was raised from the dead. That's not the end of the story. He just went to a new phase of ministry. Jesus is Lord of the tithe. He receives the tithe. And then you look back at the Old Covenant, in Malachi chapter 3, that it tells you what the tithe does. He tells you, Malachi chapter 3, you bring the tithe to the storehouse, and then here men that die will receive them. And then he says, Malachi chapter 3, when you bring the tithe to the storehouse, I will open the windows of heaven and pour out my blessing on your life that you'll be blessed in your life. I'll cause your money to go further. I'll cause it to do more. I'll cause your bills to be paid when you don't know how they got paid. I'll give you deals that other people only dream about. That's the stuff he said he'd do for you if you're a tither. And then I want to look at chapter 10 then, some more about the present-day ministry of Jesus. Chapter 7, he receives your tithe. And then chapter 10, verse 23, chapter 10, verse 23, <clears throat> then he says, Let us hold fast the confession of our faith. Not the confession of our lack the confession of our wants, the confession of our hurts, the confession of how bad it is, the confession about we can't stand who's in politics right now. Don't hold fast the confession of all those things. The confession of our faith without wavering. Why is that? For he is faithful that promised. He is faithful that promised. That's why we make a financial faith confession every offering over what we're doing because it's those talk about what God's doing in our lives what God's doing in our money, et cetera, et cetera. And so when we hold fast to confession of our faith about our finances, we're confessing things in modern-day talk 
that are listed in the Word of God that God does for us as tithers. Amen? And so, and so I just say for the season we're in, just know this, the season we're in is called life. One of these days will be a new season. That's when we go to heaven. And so Jesus is the reason for our season. Every day of the life. Every, every blessing we have comes from him. And so let's stand up. Let's stand up. And let's make a financial faith confession because Jesus is the Lord of the tithe. Jesus is the blesser. And Jesus is the one that backs up our confession of faith in the word of God. Amen. As we bring the Lord's tithe, again, offerings today, we believe we receive jobs or better jobs, promotions, raises and bonuses, benefits, sales and commissions, growth in business, settlements, estates and inheritances, interest and income, rebates and returns, checks in the mail, gifts and surprises, finding money, bills paid off, debts paid off, royalties received, blessings and increase. Thank you, Lord, for meeting all my financial needs. So I have more than enough to take care of my family, get just in the kingdom of God, both the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Well, as Pastor Dave said, I gave the band the day off today for Christmas. So we need you all to clap and sing as loud as you can. This is a crowd participation day. And since yesterday was Christmas, I'm going to do one more Christmas song. So let's sing. God rest ye merry gentlemen, let nothing you dismay. Remember Christ our Savior was born on Christmas Day. To save us all from Satan's power while we had gone astray. Oh, tidings of comfort and joy, comfort and joy. Oh, tidings of comfort and joy. Heavenly Father, the blessed angel came, and unto certain shepherds brought tidings of the same, how that in Bethlehem was born the Son of God by name. Oh, tidings of comfort and joy, comfort and joy, oh, tidings of comfort and joy. To the Lord sing praises, all you within this place. And with the love and brotherhood, each other now embrace. This holy tide of Christmas, all of it doth face. Oh, tidings of comfort and joy, comfort and joy. Oh, tidings of comfort and joy. Oh, tidings of comfort and joy. Comfort and joy, oh, tidings of comfort and joy. I sing to the Lord a new song. Lift up his name with joyful praise. Sing of his sweet salvation. 
morning to night and day to day. up your voice and thank Him. Our God provides our every need. We worship the God of mercy who gave His life to set us free. Our God is greatly to be praised. Nothing in all the earth compares to Him, the God of glory and of grace. Let's sing this. Our God is great. Our God is great. Shout to the God. Shout to the God of triumph. Let every tongue proclaim his praise. Boast in the resurrection. In Jesus Christ, true rules and reigns. Our God is greatly to be praised. And all the earth compares to him, the God of glory and of grace. Let's sing it. Our God is great, our God is great, our God is greatly to be praised. Nothing in all the earth compares to Him, the God of glory and of grace. Our God is great, our God is great, creation joins to praise Him. Our God is great, our God is great. The sinner found salvation. Our God is great. Our God is great. The church of Christ proclaims it. Our God is great. Our God is great. His kingdom shouts and sings it. Our God is great. Our God is great. Our God is greatly to be praised. Nothing in all the earth compares to him, the God of glory and of grace. Our God is great, our God is great, creation joins to praise him. Our God is great, our God is great, the sinner found salvation. Our God is great, our God is great. Church of Christ proclaims it. Our God is great, our God is great. His kingdom shouts and sings it. Our God is great, our God is great. Our God is greatly to be praised. Nothing in all the earth compares to Him, the God of glory and of grace. Let's sing it out. Our God is great, our God is great, our God is greatly to be praised. Nothing in all the earth compares to Him, the God of glory and of grace. One last time, sing it. Our God is great, our God is great.
can't forget I still remember the place you found me and I surrender when your grace covered my shame and saw my I love you, yes I love you, because you first loved me, separate your heart 
separate us from your love. There's no power in this world. There's no thing so bad that we've done that can separate us from your love and cause you to give up on us and cause you to quit loving us, Lord. We thank you that there is no greater love. We love you, Father. We thank you and we praise you. And we ask that you would have your way here today. God, speak to us, Lord. Tell us what we need to hear, not what we want to hear, God. We want truth from your word because when we know the truth, it'll set us free. And we refuse to live our lives in bondage or slavery to the devil. We thank you, Lord, for freedom in our lives and freedom in this place. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Can somebody give the Lord some praise today? 
Hallelujah. Amen. Well, we are going to have a really good time this morning. I appreciate, uh, appreciate everybody uh, being here and everybody watching online. I know it's a, a busy week and a busy weekend for us uh, between Christmas and getting ready to close out uh, this this uh, previous year, but I can say, man, God has been really good to us. And and you may think, well, I don't have everything I want. Hey, listen, you've got everything you need because you've got Jesus. What else could I need? <laughs> Amen. He is my all in all. He is the real deal. Well, we're, uh, we've been in a series called Good Tidings, and today will be part five of that series. We'll be uh, wrapping it up today because next Sunday's the new year, and we're going to be uh, going uh, hard and heavy on our theme for 2022. And we'll, uh, you know, we'll get into that next week. But um, I want to, I want to go to our uh, passage that we've been using this whole time, and that's Luke chapter two, verses ten and eleven. Luke two, ten and eleven. And who has enjoyed the good tidings uh, that we've heard about? Amen. It is good news when you've got Jesus. And we've seen through some study that uh, there's plenty of bad news in this world. You can go anywhere and hear the bad news. I mean, you don't have to search very far to find bad news. But thank God we've got good news because Jesus was born into this world. Amen. And so here we are in Luke chapter 2, verses 10 and 11 in the New King James. Then the angel said to them, do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings. That means good news of great joy which will be to all people. Why? For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Amen. And Christ the Lord is our Savior, and he is the good news that we have received and that we believe. And uh, we've seen a lot of different angles and aspects of what these tidings bring. That You know, obviously, it's told us there, the angel said that it would bring great joy. When we receive Jesus, we've seen that it brings great peace into our lives. When we receive Jesus, we've seen how we have authority over the devil because of Jesus and and, and all these different things. But today to kind of wrap this up, I want to talk about one of the absolute greatest gifts that Jesus gave to you and me as Christians. And the gift is the access to his name, the access and the authority to use the name of Jesus. And I am thoroughly convinced that 99.9% of Christians do not comprehend and understand the power that is in the name of Jesus or the magnitude or, 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 or the depth and the honor and the glory that is the name of Jesus. I'm convinced of it because I don't think that I'm all the way there yet. And 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 part of that is in our Western culture, uh, our names, they just don't carry a whole lot of weight. We just name our kids, you know, uh, as Kenneth Copeland said, you know, your mom just gave you something to call you. Uh, that way she didn't have to say, hey, you, when it was time for dinner, right? You know, and so we've got just people, and there's, there's no insult to that, but most people, they don't put a whole lot of thought into the meaning of the names that they're giving their kids. You know, you look at celebrities, they name their kid Apple and stuff like that. I mean, come on, you, you want it to be a fruit? Anyway, so praise God. Listen to me. There, 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 you have to understand, and in our Western mindset, there's a lot of things from Scripture that kind of fly right over our head because we 
we, we just don't get a lot of this. And, and, and that's what I'm trying to get to you today. There are several places in the Gospels, and that's where we're going to be today is in the Gospels, where Jesus said, hey, use my name. I'm telling you, go use my name. He said, go cast out devils in my name. Go heal the sick in my name. Go pray in my name. And, and the name of Jesus is so powerful that you have to comprehend and you have to get a revelation of this. And uh, uh, Kenneth Copeland, I'm going to read a little bit from him. He said, a person's name can direct the course of his life. That's why God changed Abram's name to Abraham when he promised him a child. Because Abraham means father of many nations. And so here we have in the book of Genesis, we've got this old hundred-year-old man that never had any kids. And then God changes his name to father of many nations. And so these people, they knew what a name meant. And everywhere Abraham goes, hey, nice to meet you. I'm the father of many nations. No, you're not. You're 100 years old. You don't have any kids. You're a liar. But God did something with his name. And every time Abraham heard him say that, every time Abraham heard somebody else call him father of many nations, he began to get confidence and faith in that name right there. How much more faith should we have in the name of Jesus Christ? And so... Jesus' name, again, I'm reading a little bit from uh, some Kenneth Copeland commentary. Jesus' name is so powerful, there's only one other name that even comes close to it. It's the first great name ever made known to man, the name of the Father God himself. It's the name God revealed to Moses when he spoke to him from the burning bush. Remember that story? And told him to deliver the children of Israel from Egypt when Moses asked who he should say has sent him to Egypt, God says, tell them, I am that I am has sent you. And so Moses shows up and says, hey, my God says, let my people go. And they're like, okay, well, who's your God? Who sent you? I am that I am. Like, well, what does that even mean? Again, we don't comprehend that. That's not even a complete thought to our minds. It doesn't sound like to our modern ears, the phrase I am that I am doesn't sound like much. We think, okay, I am what? But to a Hebrew, it says, I am everything you need. I am the beginning and the end. I am all in all. In Hebrew, I am that I am, communicate something so strong, it would make your hair stand straight up. (laughs) Moses would have been awestruck by that name alone. A lot of times in the Old Testament, I don't know if you've noticed this, I've noticed this. In the Old Testament, where the word Lord is, you'll see that it's in all capital letters. And and you'll see that all, throughout all the Old Testament. That's because it represents the name of God referred to by Hebrew scholars as the Tetragrammaton. And again, we don't understand a lot of this, but it was a four-character Hebrew name used 6,000 times in the Old Testament. And God's name back then was, you know, they didn't even, it, it was such a powerful name, there were no uh, no vowels in it because they didn't even want you to be able to pronounce it. <laughs> and so it was a powerful, powerful name. And it's so holy and awesome that anyone who used God's name in vain, they would simply die. We need some reverence for the name of God and some reverence for the name 
of Jesus. And I don't have a whole lot of patience for somebody that uses the name of our Lord in vain. You know what I mean? And I hear even Christians, oh my God, like why would you say that? You pray into him or you just surprised about something? And I, I mean, I just, I don't have a lot of patience for that. And I remember one time when I was a teenager, we were out playing some basketball with, with some guys and this kid just kept saying, Jesus Christ. And one of my friends was like, if you say that again, I'm going to punch you right in the face. Don't do it. The kid does it again, and I mean, I just walk off the basketball court. I'm not going to sit here and listen to this. And and you can, you know, you guys know me. I'm not a fan of curse words. That is my pet peeve. Don't cuss around me. I despise that. And, well, it's no big deal. I hate that because you're smarter than that, and you're better than that. There's like 200,000 words in the English language. Pick one of those. Amen? Come on. No, But, you know, if you're going to say bad things in front of me, okay. But do not use the name of Jesus or God our Father in vain. Don't do it around me. I'm not going to sit around and put up with that. That's a dangerous spot to put yourself in. And so these people, they took God's name so seriously, the high priest could only speak that name. One time a year, when he entered the Holy of Holies, after they gave the blood sacrifice and the offerings, the Jews eventually decided that God's personal name was so dangerous, they just shouldn't even say it at all. And so they substituted the name Adonai. And they would, you know, they could say that without as much fear. But some people wouldn't even say that, so they simply said Hashim, which means the name. And so, you know, they would pray the name. But they were too afraid of disrespecting the name of God, that they didn't even want to say it for fear that they may say it wrong. And again, I look at us in, these, in this day and age, and people just throw it out there. They just blaspheme it. They just they just curse it. They just do all this stuff. And we look back to these guys that had such reverence for the name of Jesus. So out of all uh, out of all these names of God, Adonai, Hashim, and and, and Yod Hey Vav Hey, all these names. Listen to me. What does that have to do with the name of Jesus in the New Testament? I love it. In the Old Testament, he was called I Am, the great I Am. And Jesus shows up in the New Testament and becomes literally the great I Am. Seven times in the book of John, Jesus says this phrase, I Am, to different groups of people. I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am the good shepherd. I am the light of the world. I am the gate for the sheep. I am the vine. And he keeps using this phrase. And to us that are clumsy, we're just like, oh, that's cute. But to somebody that gets it and somebody that knows the names of God, they see that and they're like, whoa, this guy just said, I am. He's calling himself I am, and they saw this, and it probably, for some people, as Kenneth Copeland said, it probably made their hair stand straight up like, whoa, 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 whoa. This guy is saying that I am? He's calling himself that? And and, and out of all of this, we hear these names that, that the Jewish people respected so much. Listen to this. The name of Jesus is the name above every other name. Philippians 2.9 tells us that, out of all of this, out of every name in heaven and on earth, the name of Jesus is the name above every other name. There is power in the name of Jesus. That's why, 
You know, we, we just don't go spitting that out there out of haste, spitting that out of our mouths just because, just spitting it out in vain. When we speak the name of Jesus, the devil has to run. When we speak the powerful name of Jesus, anyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. You could be the filthiest, nastiest, worst sinner in the world, but when you call on the name of Jesus, you on the inside become the cleanest, most precious, most pure person in the world. The name of Jesus is where it's at. And what I love about this is it's so powerful, and I'm going to show you some things directly from the lips of Jesus himself today, where he kept saying, it's okay, use my name, go do this, and use my name. You ever had somebody tell you, hey, go down there and pick this up, tell them I sent you, tell, you know, it's in my name, go tell them it's in my name. And, 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 and if it's, this person's got some clout to their name, people listen to what you got to say, amen? People are like, hey, what's going on? Remember this one time, um, my brother Joe and I, uh, we, 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 had, uh, we did this church thing where uh, they tried to get, if we could get a bunch of people to go to the Clippers game down there, that they would give free tickets, courtside tickets to whichever pastor could bring the most people. And I'm like, dude, got this. Look out. I'm going. And so, believe it or not, out of all of the, you know, they even had an event for pastors to come. They, they put us in this suite. They fed us hot wings all night long and all the free soda we could drink. It was a beautiful night, beautiful night. But they said, whichever one of you can bring the most people. And I'm like, all oh, these guys got these big churches in L.A. and Orange County. But guess what? This little church in Barstow, we brought the most people to the Clippers game. Amen. But the problem was... <laughs> I was one person shy of what they wanted to, to, to get the courtside tickets. And so I, you know, but I, I became friends with this guy named Maurice that worked for the Clippers. And so I show up down there and I'm like, I know we were one shy. I'm just hoping, you know, that, you know, anything, I'll take the nosebleeds. I've been in high altitudes. I can do this. And so, and you know, I show up and he's like, you know what? I appreciate you guys go to this gate right over here. Tell them Maurice sent you. And I'm like, Okay, I'm not going to go in my name. If I show up and say, hey, my name's Dave, I want in, they're going to kick me out. But I came in the name of Maurice, and I went over there, and, to the, and, 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 and I go to the gate that he says, and it says VIP entrance. And I'm like, I've never been here before. Usually I'm up there, you know, cramming nachos down my gullet trying to watch the game from way up high. And so these guys in these suits, they escort Joe and I into the VIP entrance. They take us to the elevator. Usually I get in elevators and I got to go way up. This time we went down and we went down to the court side. And Maurice, praise God, uh, uh, because I went in his name, they sat us first row right beside the court. I could feel the sweat dripping on me. It was disgusting and wonderful all at the same time. It was great. But I'm telling you, if I had just gone in my name, they would have kicked me right out of there. But when somebody whose name carries something sends you to do something and sends you to receive something, that's a game changer. And I'm talking about the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. He sent you. He has ordained you, and he's backing you with all the power and authority of heaven today when we use his name. The name of Jesus. Amen. And so we're going to get into the message today. And I'm going to show you three things that Jesus said to you. And this is really good tidings if you believe in the name of Jesus and if you're one of his children. All right. So number one, Jesus said, ask anything in my name. 
And I love that. He said, ask anything in my name. And to a religious mind, and to somebody that's maybe grown up in a tradition where you're you're nearly afraid to talk to Jesus or you've been constantly told how bad you are all the time and how you don't deserve anything. Listen, I know I don't deserve anything, but I'm not approaching God in my name. I'm approaching God in the name of Jesus. And because of Jesus, 2 Corinthians 5 says that I have made been made the righteousness of God through Christ Jesus. And so don't let this spin your head. But Jesus literally said, ask anything in my name and I'll do it. Look right here at John chapter 14, verse 14. Amen. Who's glad you came this morning? Hey, you could have been at home watching some Hallmark movie thinking you got the fuzzies from that. But listen, you're going to get some anointing from Jesus today. Hallelujah. John 14, verse 14. And I absolutely love the name of Jesus. John chapter 14 and verse 14 in the New King James, he says, if you ask anything in my name, what will happen? I will do it. That's a big statement right there. Now, if somebody that just had, if some no name said that, if some nobody said that, if somebody that's never really done anything or worth anything said that, I'd be like, okay, yeah, sure, we'll ask in your name. But Jesus said, no, if you ask anything in my name, I will do it. This is Jesus we're talking about right here. Jesus himself told his followers, if you ask anything in my name, I will do it. Well, what does anything mean? Well, it means anything. Anything that's in line with God's word. Amen? Because I've seen some people ask for things that are clearly not in line with the word of God. And, and well, I don't know why that happened. You know, all I asked for was this over here. And I'm like, man, you can't have that. The Bible, the Bible doesn't promise you, you know, some of these things that people are asking for. But if you are asking for something in line with God's word, Jesus, I need the peace of God in my life. Boom. It's available. And it's there if you ask in his name. If you need healing, healing is yours in the name of Jesus. The Bible promises that. If you need provision for your finances, the Bible promises that God will supply all of your needs according to his riches and glory through Christ Jesus. God's got you on that. Amen. And again, you've got to be responsible and not do stupid things with it. But listen to me. He said, ask anything in my name, and I will do it. Now, check this out. You need to learn this, that when we come to God in prayer, we need to always approach him with the name of Jesus. I was taught as a child to pray, Father, in Jesus' name, I come to you today, and I'm asking this. Now, you know, it's God loves you, and here's your prayers, but it's one that, dear God, bail me out of this one again. I really, okay. You know, whatever, (laughs) but I'm not going to God. God, I'm coming in my name. No, Father God, in the name of Jesus, I come to you today. I'm coming because I've been made righteous through the name of Jesus. I'm approaching the throne room of God, and I'm not doing it in my name or based on how holy I am. I'm doing it based on the righteousness and the holiness of Jesus himself. In fact, Jesus told us in John that when you pray to the Father, come to him in my name. And so I went to a Christian school growing up, and I'm I'm thankful for that. So we prayed 
in the classroom. And they had different kids take turns praying for the food and stuff. And, you know, usually it was cute. It was always good, you know, hearing things that your parents taught you. But if you've ever heard my dad pray for food, okay, it's not rub-a-dub-dub, thanks for the grub. Good food, good meat, good God, let's eat. No, it's none of that. I mean, he throws three or four verses in there. He preaches a sermon. He gives an altar call, takes up an offering, and then closes the thing out. And I mean, you're like, wow, we went to church. Now the food's cold, but thank you, Jesus. So that's how I learned to pray. Amen. That's how I learned to pray over food. And so they asked me one day, you know, David, it's your turn to pray. And so we hold hands. I just did what I'd always heard, man. I prayed the fire from heaven down over those you know, over those peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. And and so, I mean, by by the end, I'm, I'm not making this up. Well, I finally said, in Jesus' name, amen. And I look up, and my teacher, her jaw was like, she's like, David, can I see you? And I'm like, okay. So she she takes me to the front of the classroom and sends the other kids to the lunch or whatever. And she gets out a pad of paper. Could you repeat for me exactly what you just said? And she starts taking notes off of the prayer. And, and uh, you know, and, and, and it, it's funny and it's cool. But listen to me. You need to know <laughs> the power of the name of Jesus. You need to know how to approach God Almighty himself. You go to the Father in Jesus' name. That's how you pray. And I want you to know that because I want you to pray the right way. And because of the name of Jesus, because of his name, you have a direct connection to God. I'm glad that every every time I need to get a hold of God, I don't have to call up the priest. I don't have to go down and, and, oh, man, I'm in trouble. I better go get the preacher to pray for me. No, whoever you are, you can pray to the Father. You can talk to God himself through the name of Jesus. 1 Timothy 2.5 tells us that there is one mediator between God and man, and it is the man, Christ Jesus, our Lord. Jesus is the connection between you and the very throne room of God. You have every right as a child of God to approach his throne through the name of Jesus. That is a powerful name. Look at Matthew chapter 18 with me. Matthew 18. Matthew 18, amen. Praise God. But if you start praying in the name of Jesus, wow. You know, you get some spillover blessing, as my dad calls it, you know, just by some of the things we do. You know, dear God, blah, blah, blah. And, and hey, you got to pray. But I'm telling you, you pray to the Father in the name of Jesus. Matthew 18. Matthew 18, and we're going to look at verses 18 through 20. And these verses hold some special significance to me. Matthew chapter 18, verses 18 through 20. There is such power in the name of Jesus. If you would, if you would just comprehend that, if you would begin to get that revelation, it would change your life. And you would be so thankful that this baby was born on Christmas Day. And he grew up and he said, hey, you can go use my name. Matthew chapter 18. And we're going to look here at verses 18 through 20. Jesus said, Assuredly, I say to you, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. And so there are times, man, you may hear some of us pray and we're like, I bind this sickness in the name of Jesus. I bind this attack from the devil 
in the name of Jesus. We're going to bind that thing up, and then we loose the peace of God into your life. We loose the anointing of God into your life. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Verse 19, again, I say to you that if two of you agree on earth concerning anything that they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. Well, how could all of this be? Well, look at verse 20. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, I am there in the midst of them. Well, we've got more than two or three today, don't we? Jesus is here in our midst right now. And he said, you could ask for anything in my name and I'll do it. And, and this is such a powerful thing that, again, I pray that you get the revelation of this. And, and a story that I've shared often, but, I, but every time I read these verses, I think of this moment in my life. Back when I was three and, and I had leukemia, I was going through the treatments, getting the blood transfusions at the children's hospital and everything. And praise God, things were, uh, you know, I guess moving forward. But it's very painful. Very painful to have some of these things done to you as an adult or as a child. Getting spinal taps up your spine hurts. Getting needles in all your arms and everything else, it flat out hurts after a while. And so, uh, you know, one one night in the midst of all this, uh, my dad has a, his best friend's name is Gary. He still lives in Indianapolis, but he comes out here sometimes and is with us. But but Gary shows up at the children's hospital, and, and my dad, he's, you know, it's been, it's been a pretty rough day for, you know, it's been a, a rough day. And, and Gary shows up, and he's like, man, what can, I, what can I agree with you on? And my dad says, I know he's healed in Jesus' name. This is, oh, in the, in the name of Jesus, the healing is here, and he's walking out of this. But in the meantime, I just don't want to see the kids suffer. I just don't want to see him laying there screaming and crying. And Gary, he says, you know what, Matthew 18, 19, and 20, where two or more are gathered in my name. I am there in the midst of them, and in the name of Jesus, we can ask anything in his name, and he'll do it for us. And so Gary said, I've got faith in this moment right now that we're going to pray over him, and he will be pain-free throughout the whole rest of this thing. We know the healing, amen, the healing's there in Jesus' name, but we want the pain gone too. That man laid hands on my three-year-old body and the Lord Jesus as my witness. I didn't feel a needle. I didn't feel a spinal tap. I didn't feel one ounce of pain throughout the entire rest of that process. I am I'm not kidding one single bit. I mean, there's kids screaming and crying everywhere. It's a children's hospital. There's bad, bad things going on and, and, and kids just in kids dying, just a terrible spot to be in. And I, you know, every day you hear screaming and crying all day, but for the whole rest of that time, I didn't feel a needle touch my body. They'd be putting needles in both arms, jabbing stuff up my back. I was laughing. I didn't feel a thing. Well, well, well how could that be? I'll tell you that could be. There's power in the name of Jesus. Amen. Jesus did it. It's the name of Jesus. And he said, hey, I'm there in the midst of you if you're gathered in my name. Point number two today is this. Number two, Jesus said, signs will follow those who believe in my name. And I want you to look at Mark chapter 16. 
Amen. Jesus said, signs will follow those who believe in my name. Praise the Lord. And so is there anybody in here today that you believe in his name? You believe in the name of Jesus? Well, there's good news for you today. You can ask anything in his name according to John 14, 14. And also, according to Mark 16, signs will follow those who believe in his name. So Mark chapter 16, and we're going to look here at verses 17 through 18. And this is Jesus right before he ascends to heaven. We call this the Great Commission. But he had died, he had rose from the dead, and here he is. He's getting ready to go to heaven, and the disciples are gathered around. Mark 16, verse 17, Jesus says, and these signs will follow those who believe. Now, sometimes you read this and some religious fuddy-duddy will say, well, he was talking to the disciples right there. No, well, hold on. Well, pump the brakes, amigo. Listen to me. He said, these signs will follow who? Those who believe. I believe. I am a believer. He says what? In my name. They will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents. And if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. What a powerful list of things right there. But the key to all of it is, number one, you got to believe, okay? Because I know some people, well, man, I've never seen none of that happen. Duh, you don't believe. Come on. (laughs) He said these signs will follow those who believe. And then he said, in my name, these things are going to happen. And so signs will follow those who believe in the name of Jesus. And I can tell you this much, Satan is terrified of the name of Jesus. Even if you don't know the power of that name, the devil knows the power of that name, and he doesn't want you to ever get the revelation of it. James 2.19 says, even the demons believe and tremble at the name of Jesus. They know what's up. They know that at that name, they're not allowed to stick around. And a lot of times, people don't care too much if you just generically use the name of God. I mean, no one's going to give you much flag for, oh, thank God it rained this week. Thank God we got off early on Friday. Thank God. I mean, no one's going to think that much. But some people start getting pretty uncomfortable when you start using the name of Jesus himself. It'll rub the devil the wrong way every time because he knows he ain't allowed to stick around with that. He has no power, no authority over the name of Jesus. And he does everything he can to try to silence and stop that name from going out. I was just reading a little bit of the news this week and uh, I just popped up in my email from a mainline news source. I don't even know why, but just this week in Columbus County, North Carolina, the sheriff is being sued right now, Walter, you saw this, by the Atheist Freedom From Religion Foundation. This is a whole group that hates Christians. They hate our guts, and they hate everything we stand for. And so I see lawsuits from these people all the time, but it's the Freedom From Religion Foundation. They're suing the sheriff because he has Philippians 4.13 on his office wall. And it says, uh, I can do all things through Christ, Christ Jesus, who gives me strength. 
They're like, no, 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 no. That, that, I mean, yeah, it's, it, it is your office. But at the same time, you are paid by the county, and there's no way. And so they're suing this guy. And I love what the sheriff said uh, in response. He said, and he's refusing to take it down. He's going to fight these guys. But he said, let me be clear. I will not waver on my stance and my Christian beliefs. I'm not scared of much, but I am afraid of burning in hell. Like, whoa, come on, somebody. <laughs> yeah, we need people like that where, hey, I'm more afraid of hell than I am of you. I'm more afraid of displeasing Jesus than I am of you. I am not going to quit using the name of Jesus. Can I get an amen this morning? And so I, I challenge you, I encourage you to boldly use the name of Jesus. Don't be shy about it. Don't don't care who it offends. They don't they don't care if they offend you with their nasty words. I found that out. I could be standing in line to the store with my kids and some idiot just flying off using all these nasty profanities and perverse words and not even care that I've got a five year old standing there. So I flat out do not care if when I say the name of Jesus it makes you cringe on the inside because you're so full of the devil. I'll use it all day long, and I don't care what you feel like. Amen? So use the name of Jesus. Look at Luke chapter 10. Luke chapter 10. Amen. I told you it was going to be a cozy service today, just all cute and fun. Yeah, come on. Luke chapter 10. I'm going to look at verses 17 through 19. And I refer to these verses very often uh, because... I mean, it's a game changer right here. Luke chapter 10, verses 17 through 19 in the New Living Translation. So Jesus had sent out a whole bunch of his disciples, and in this case, 72 of them. Luke chapter 10, verse 17, it says, When the 72 disciples returned, they joyfully reported to him, Lord, even the demons obey us when we use your name. There it is again. Yes, he told them. I saw Satan fall from heaven like lightning. And look, I have given you authority over all the power of the enemy. And you can walk among snakes and scorpions and crush them. Nothing will injure you. And so how could this be? How could I here in Barstow, California, I mean, I, I mean just a regular guy, how could I have such authority over such huge things in this world because of the name of Jesus. Even if you don't get it, the devil gets it. And he knows that a day is coming when he's going to have to bow to that name and to, and to, the, and to the, the name of Jesus. And he, he's going to be locked up forever and ever and ever. And every time you use that name, have you ever, man, you've got a bad memory of somebody and every time you hear their name, it just kind of, even if it's somebody else you, that isn't the same person, right? You know, maybe you had a bad experience with Bill. Or, you know, and, and every time you hear the name Bill, all you think about is, man, I remember that dirtbag. Oh, gosh, I can't stand it. And listen, once upon a time, 2,000 years ago, Jesus Christ died on the cross, and his spirit went down into hell, into Satan's backyard, into his neighborhood. Jesus went down there, and he beat the devil up in front of all his friends, and, and, he, and Jesus rose from death victorious over the devil. 
every time you use the name of Jesus, all Satan remembers is, oh, I remember him hitting me. I remember him beating me up. I remember him coming right down there into my own playground and beating me at my own game. Every time you use the name of Jesus, it brings back painful memories for the devil. And it also reminds him of his future, and his future is not looking real good because he's going to be locked away forever and ever and ever because of the name of Jesus. So use it often. Use it loud. Use it proud. Use it reverently. Use it respectfully, but use the name of Jesus, and you have authority over all the works of the devil. So on your own, no problem's going to listen to you, but in his name, they will flee. Amen? James tells us, James 4, 7, submit yourselves to God, resist the devil, and he will flee. Point number three today is this. Jesus also said, number three, I am the beginning and the end. And that's really good news because most Christians don't have any trouble believing that Jesus is the beginning of your life. We get that. And we know that Jesus started it. Uh, he, we were created by him and, and, and he gave us life and, and he's kicked this whole thing off for us. But you need to know also that Jesus isn't just the beginning. Jesus Thank you, Lord, is also the ending. He's got the whole end of it all covered for you already. He's already got it planned out for you. Look at Revelation 22. Revelation 22, the very last book of the Bible. Revelation 22 and verse 13. What a gift that we have through the name of Jesus. I'm so thankful for all of the incredible things that he's given to us, that he's bestowed upon us man, the, the, the right to use his name, access to even speak that name. That is a gift that we need to comprehend. Revelation 22 and verse 13. Revelation 22 and verse 13. I'm going to read verse 12 just for kicks. It won't be on the screen, but man, that's a good one too. Revelation 22 and verse 12, it says, look, I am coming soon, bringing my reward with me to repay all people according to their deeds. Think about that. He's coming soon, and hey, there's rewards, and, uh, and we need to be ready for that. But look at verse 13 here in the New King James. He says, I am, there it is again, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. I love it how the Old Testament tells us that he both goes before us and he follows up behind us. Man, when I am walking through the enemy's camp, when I am walking through the battle, Jesus goes before me. Thank you, Lord. And he also follows up behind me. He is on us on every side, the armies of heaven protecting us and carrying us through. And so you need to realize that Jesus is the beginning, yes, and he is the end. The battle isn't over until he says it's over. And so you can keep fighting in the name of Jesus, and you're going to win. Do you understand that today? In the name of Jesus. And so as I kind of bring it in for a landing here, obviously, okay, I, I mean, obviously, 
we are in the last days. You get that, right? I mean, I've tried to preach on this a whole lot, and I've tried to talk about this a whole lot, but you are blind as a bat if you don't understand that we are in the last days. Look at all, I mean, Matthew 24, look at all these things. Second uh, Timothy 3, you can look at all of these chapters, and the scripture tells us, Right before Jesus comes back, right before the end of this whole thing, we're going to see this happen, this happen, this happen, that happen, this happen. And you look at these lists that the scripture gives us, and it's like, all these are happening right now, or they already have happened. And and, and it's so obvious what we're seeing in this world right now. And, you know, a lot of the things that Jesus talked about in Matthew 24, he said that, that, that there's going to be scoffers and haters of Christianity. He said uh, he said that people will be offended and betray one. I have never seen so many offended people in my life. You can't even barely carry a conversation and, and, and somebody, you know, just not get stinking offended about it. Well, I know, isn't it silly? That is a coincidence. It's not a coincidence. It's prophecy fulfilled before your very eyes. People are stupidly, outrageously, unrighteously offended over anything and every little thing. And Jesus said, hey, when you see that, start looking up. Your redemption draws nigh. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. I am the first and I am the last. Jesus will have the last word, but you got to know that we are in the final pages of world history right now. And I wouldn't want to be facing this mess without Jesus on my side. I need him. I need his name. I need everything about him in my life because I'm not going to do this alone. And listen, I'm going to heaven. I don't. I am going to heaven. And someday, we're going to hear this trumpet sound. Amen. And we're going to look up to the sky and see Jesus Himself right there, saying, "It's time to come home." He's going to call us home. But here's the thing: not everybody's going. And I know that's offensive, and that's not popular to say. But again, I'm talking about. I care more about what Jesus says than somebody's fragile feelings at this point. Amen? Protecting everybody's feelings and sugarcoating things, it ain't working. We gotta have truth. Jesus is coming back and only those who have called upon the name of the Lord, only those who are living for him get to go. Now, praise God, hey, you know, again, I'm not trying to get into all this. My time's just about up, but the book of Revelation does teach us that even in the middle of the tribulation, there's a seven-year tribulation period broken into two, three-and-a-half-year periods. There will be some people that get to go to heaven and receive Jesus during the tribulation, but it's not pretty. You don't get to go up in a cloud of glory. You go because you were murdered for your faith, and I don't want that. I, I Listen, I'm going, and, and there's people like, oh, man, that whole rapture business, that word's not even in the Bible. You made that up. Well, the word Bible's not in the Bible, but I still believe in it. <laughs> The word, there's a lot of words that just flat aren't in the Bible, but the teaching and the doctrine is there. And Thessalonians tells us that there's going to be a catching away 
of God's people, of God's church, and we're going to get sucked out of here before it gets real bad. You think it's bad now? It's going to get 10 million times worse than this. But thank you, Jesus, if we're clinging to him, if we're clinging to his name, we won't see a bit of it. We'll get pulled out of here before that stuff starts. I believe that with all my heart, and we're going to be in heaven. But it all comes down to this, the name of of Jesus. It's not just one thing to acknowledge, yeah, yeah, the name of Jesus, I get that. No, you better respect that name. You better not dishonor and disrespect and abuse that name. Don't do that. And listen, you better have made the decision that you called on the name of the Lord. Romans ten thirteen says, for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. I'm encouraging you today that as we go into a new year, starting just next week, man, there's never been a better time to go full on for Jesus, to give him a hundred percent of who you are. There's no regrets in that. And the day's coming very, very soon. It could be 2022. Who knows? Only God the Father knows when that day is. Not even the Son himself knows, according to what Jesus told us. But that day is coming very, very soon when this whole thing is over better have things right with him. You better have things right with his name and you better be ready. And I know that you are, but I'm telling you now, if there's things in your life that you're like, you know what, that's, I got to handle this. I can't keep playing games. I can't keep going on like this. Handle the business today. It's too risky for me. I'm, I'm too afraid. It's too risky for, uh, to, to, to think that he could come back and I'm sitting there just doing something blatantly against what he says to do. I'm not willing to roll the dice on that one. There's some things that I'll be a risk taker. I'm not rolling the dice on this one. I want to be ready with Jesus in every way. So my good tidings for you today is this, is that you have access and you have authority and you have permission to use the name of Jesus. And by that name, signs will follow. You can cast out devils. You can lay hands on the sick. You can bind the devil with that name. And thank you, Lord, because of his name, you can go to heaven someday and you can have peace on earth until you get there because of the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Can we stand up together today? Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Amen. Well, we love the name of Jesus. And so we're going to take a minute here this morning. If you need prayer for anything, we want to pray for you. But honestly, the most important thing is this, is that if you do not believe that you have things right in your heart with God, why would you leave? Why would you not fix that today? That can be fixed just like that. I encourage you to come up and let us pray with you for just a minute. And, 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 and we will get you where you need to be with God. But if you need prayer for anything else, anything else, we want to pray for you and believe for God's miracles to work in your life. Amen. Let's worship God for a minute. What a beautiful name it is. What a beautiful name it is. The name of Jesus Christ, my what a beautiful name it is, and nothing compares to this. What a beautiful name it is, the name of Jesus.
You have no rival 